people will always follow you when you're being real versus who you're trying to be. Like the, that authenticity will just shine. And it doesn't matter if you're awkward or you're shy or you, you fumble over your words. Great. That's good. That means you're a real person. Welcome to the Tip the Scales podcast, where we discuss running and growing your law firm. I'm your host, Maria Monroy, president and co-founder of LawRank. We are live at Lodi Gras outside in the middle of the conference. Today's guest, Jefferson Fisher, I am like a total fan of. Like, I cannot believe that I just got to interview him. I'm super excited. Celebrities follow him. If you don't follow him on Instagram or TikTok, you are missing out. His videos are super, super helpful in terms of communicating. We talked about a book he's writing. We talked a lot about communication since that's what his videos are about and being authentic. I really hope you guys enjoy this because I was really excited for it. I didn't know that you were the Jefferson <laughs> that I follow on social media. I'm that Jefferson. Well, tell us your name and what you do. My name is Jefferson Fisher and I'm a trial attorney in Texas. What kind of trial? I do personal injury. I didn't know that. Are you serious? I'm dead serious. Oh my God, this is so exciting. So a few months ago, my husband sends me this video and the video, it was a view. Okay. And it was something about when people apologize, but they're not really apologizing. So it was something like, oh, I'm sorry you feel that way. Oh, yeah. That was how to handle bad apologies. And it was something like the response was, don't apologize for my feelings. Apologize for what you did. You got it. And I fucking loved yeah. it. And I was like, who <laughs> is this person? Like, yeah. I just thought you were, I knew you were a lawyer, but I mm -hmm. thought you were just, you know. Some dude. Like a TikTok lawyer. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Like, I didn't know you did PI. Yeah, I do. You have 2.8 million followers on Instagram. Okay, that That is a correct statement, yeah. That's crazy. It is absolutely insane. Are yeah. they real followers? They are all real. You didn't buy any of them? No, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't pay for a thing. Give me a little bit of history. I don't know anything about you. Same. Hi. 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 Well, I'm yeah. interviewing you. So I was at a defense firm for like eight years, and I made partner. And about a year in, I just was not, I just wasn't happy. And I didn't feel fulfilled at all on what I was doing. I was doing insurance defense, which was great for getting trials, had a lot of experience with trials and decided to start my own practice. Right about that time, I started to kind of dabble in social media. It's very like emotionally stable shit. Well, good. You, you know what I mean? I do. That's, that's what I hope to give off. But like it's, it's more like a therapist. Like I feel like. Yeah, it's kind of turned into that. Yeah. Um, so tell me, what, like, what was the evolution and how did you kind of blow up? At the time, video had just become a thing. Like Instagram, before that, you know, it was like you take a picture of your coffee and put a filter on it. Like, it was just pretty pictures. And then they started doing video. I only had about 800 followers and they were all my friends from like law school and high school. That's and I, that, cute. That was it, yeah. Then I started getting more serious about, okay, what am I... Like, who am I? What, what, what message am I wanting to put out in the world? Why would anybody want to listen to a lawyer? I mean, just why, why would they? I love that. And who am I? Yeah. And so I, what I did was I made a huge mistake that ended up giving me all kinds of insight and knowledge. And that was I paid for somebody to make me a video on what to do after an accident. Like super, super original, right? Yeah. <laughs> nobody wants to watch yeah, that. Yeah. And nobody wants to watch that. Nobody. Not even attorneys. So I just paid money for nobody to see anything. And then that's when I just got, what am I doing? And so I stopped trying to find the perfect lights, the perfect mic, the perfect setup. 
is I thought it just had to be perfect. And instead, it was really out of frustration. It's like, you know what? I'm just going to do this my way. And what am I good at? I, I like talking about communication. How can I help people with that? And so I made How to Argue Like a Lawyer Part 1 in my car. That was it. Really, when I watch your videos, it's more like, in the again, like a therapist. Like I'm like, this is great information as to how to communicate and like how to have like, I guess, higher emotional intelligence. I'm somebody that I think others would say does have high emotional intelligence that has to do really with me, separate from my law firm or being an attorney, just my my upbringing, how, how I've always been. And that translates. And I think what makes my page different and why it has had the success that it's had is I don't try and push out that I'm an attorney. I make videos on how to communicate from how to deal with bad apologies, to handle interruptions, to have emotional intelligence, to boost your self-esteem, how to find confidence in, in your communication and do it in a really authentic way that's genuine to, to you. And I found that I do well at taking very complex, hard ideas and bringing them down to something super simple. And I try to put it in a pile of three or just just to say it, that's immediately actionable. Because so many people like in communication will say, well, you need to be a better active listener. You need to connect with the other person. Well, what, what, does that, what does that mean? What does that mean? Well, I think it's just, it's a bunch of fluff for saying you need to create a deeper beneath the surface way to talk to somebody, understanding that argument is really a window into somebody else's struggle. All these things, though, did you learn them in law school? No. Well, no, I, I, I knew yeah. the answer. Yeah, but. yeah, definitely not. Law school, I wish they I wish they taught that kind of stuff. But so how did you learn all this? A lot of it has to do with my, my upbringing. I'm a fifth generation attorney. I love and that. So, yeah, my always, husband is like an 11th or some, some crazy cool. shit. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's as far back as we go. Well, yeah, for and, us, yeah. it's because his family's from Chile. Oh, awesome. Um, but he doesn't practice. Okay. But I'm he went you. to law school. Very cool. I would get picked up from school and then get sat in the corner and to be quiet while my dad finishes a deposition. I've just I I've always been around that type of conversation. My dad's extremely diplomatic. My mom's extremely kind. Aww. And they um they did that. And so my my parents are the type that when I was a kid, you know, they would pray that God would give me wisdom and always be my friend. Like that was the nightly prayer every night. And I believe that's that's come true where a lot of wisdom that I have, I've passed down from from my family, which has been wonderful. And a lot of it's just the natural, I, I like to communicate. I like to talk to people and try to understand them and read rooms. And so what this means for your audience is you can take anything unrelated to what you do as practice. It didn't have to be communication. That's just happened to be mine. I like communication, but you could talk really about anything. So if you like coffee, if you liked, I don't know, you, you, you find, you like arranging flowers, you, whatever you as a person, forget what you do for a living. What do you like as a person? Do that and talk about that and I let the law, that. and let the law be second. I because a thousand percent agree. The authenticity will be there. People will always follow you when you're being real versus who you're trying to be. Like the, that authenticity will just shine. And it doesn't matter if you're awkward or you're shy or you, you fumble over your words. Great. That's good. That means you're a real person. And I just don't think people, especially after COVID, they don't, they don't want the polish. I mean, that's where you saw so many accounts do so well in 
COVID because they're at home, their hair's messed up, they're still in their PJs and they're like, oh, I am too. And it, you, you find ways to relate to people on a, just a human human basis. How many, how many videos now take off where the woman is doing their makeup? You know, as they're so, yeah, yeah, because everybody's doing it. it. It just you you find different ways to be real. I mine was communication, but if I wanted to, and let's say I was, I have a friend who's very OCD about coffee. Like he's had to brew his coffee beans, how to steep it, everything. Let's say that was my thing. I could have done the same thing. I'd still grow the audience because I'd be doing that first and forward, and you're going to find a community there. They'll find that you're an attorney, and that's and that's that's what it's about anyway. What you're trying to just sell yourself that you're always, I, I can handle your legal case. They will know that. They will find you. And how has your um, knowledge in communication helped you as a lawyer? It, it helps me dial it down. When I was on the defense side, I, I became a plaintiff's best friend <laughs> because I wasn't a jerk. I was somebody who shared information. I was I was transparent about what I could and couldn't do. And it helped resolve cases much much quicker. I think this age of, it's kind of a, I would say an old school mentality of like, I'm going to beat you. No, I'm going to beat you. Like this just battle of ego of who's going to beat the other person in the case. So much ego. It, in this yeah. Case. Yeah. I just, my communication helps me not only with my clients, it helps me with juries. And so what I did was I took a lot of the same concepts that I teach my clients. It's, it's a weird profession. It really is. <laughs> like you're hiring me to handle your beef with somebody else. Like I, I gotta go fight with somebody I don't have a problem with. And what makes it worse is they do the same thing. And so I'm now battling with another person who's been hired, like I'm once removed. And their their whole job is to make me lose. That's it. And so when I put a client in for deposition or for trial, I'm just putting them up for to for battle. I mean, for an argument, to get tested, to get put in a really difficult position. And so what I did was begin to share some of that communication tips that I teach my clients and just put it on the phone. You seem like a kind person. Well, thank you. Yeah. I try to be. You so can, I you can see, thank my mama for that. Yeah. I could see how that would help you, even like just dealing with a with opposing counsel, right? Uh, because yeah. you disarm them. Exactly. So I had a funny story. I don't know. How, I don't know why people say it's funny stories. Not that funny, but the he <laughs> you need to do a video on that, right? Right. He said he found out that I was on a case, and he called me. He's like, "Man, this is why I was on defense." He said, "Man, I did not want to, you know, draw you on this case." And I was like, "What's up?" He goes, "You're just you're too nice. You're too Aww. nice." He's like, "You know, I can't because we, he and I have had a trial before, and his it was a criticism of like I can't. I never got did something that." allowed him to get aggressive or be ugly or start to push, which he likes to do. That's his personality. And so by disarming him, he was never able like to get ground on the case for people to, uh, plaintiff attorneys want to kind of get the, the jury in an emotional position that they are feeling the same feelings as your client. But if you're always disarming that way, it was, it was hard for them. Right. And also if their strategy is that like aggressive strategy and now they have like they feel like they have this connection with you, their strategy is not going to work. Right. And I mean, I've done, for example, I uh, one of my early cases on plaintiff's side, 
adjuster. I was dealing with the adjuster, a pretty substantial case. And I called him and he just sounded frazzled. I was like, what's, what's going on, man? He's up in New York. What's happening? He goes, well, I just found out my, my dad died. You know, I'm dealing, I said, man, what are you doing? Talk on the phone with me. I was like, just go, just no, just go. And so I, we got off that call and I immediately wrote a letter to him. Found his address, to, the, to his office, everything. Handwritten letter. Yeah, just like, you know, I, I'm so sorry for you know, what 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 you're going through. I can't I can't imagine it. Just know that that um, I'm certainly feeling for you and and wish you and your family the best. When I say that he called me back of just full of gratitude, we settled that case like the next day. I'm not saying that's why I did it. I'm saying that we never had a, a word of animosity between us. There wasn't anything bad. Typically, plaintiff attorneys are just we get we just want to have that kind of you know it, you've seen it. It's the ego of how how big can I puff up my chest? And instead, when I just recognized him as a real human, that that made all the made all the difference. Also makes a big difference to the jury when I'm when I'm talking to them. Why do you think that people are so afraid to take this approach and to be themselves and to be vulnerable? Well, we often don't like ourselves. Oh, wow. You know, well, it's, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, hey, you knew when you brought me on. Yes, that's where it'd go. But yeah, it's, no, we you, can go deep. Yeah, I, you have you have to like you have to love yourself if you don't, or or at least be okay with it. But where does that come from? If somebody doesn't love themselves, which that must suck, because like you have to spend all day with yourself every fucking day. So, but where does I have to assume that comes from childhood? Yeah, well, that's the nature versus nurture kind of aspect. I think that when you deal with childhood, you maybe you grew up in a house where everybody, your parents argue in front of you and that's okay. And maybe I grew up in a place where my parents did not argue in front of the kids. It was not okay to argue in front of the kids. See, I, yeah. I mean, I can already, do you have kids? I do. I have two. How old? Five and three. Okay. I have an 11, nine and almost six. Okay. But I can already like tell when I meet someone like you that you probably had like very conscious parents. Extremely, yeah. Yeah. yeah and very. I feel like I already fucked mine up. No, you haven't. No, trust me. In some no. ways I have. No. Well, I, all parents do, you know, in some in some way. Yeah. And I'll, I'll tell you one piece of, I only share this because I say it to myself and I it helps me, is that once you have kids, you now exist as their memory. Like everything you do, everything I do, who I meet, who I put myself out as, what I, I now just exist as to serve as their memory. That's that's really it. And I think when I when I put it in that perspective, it makes me very much more conscious of what I say in front of them, how I respond to react to some of them. But when you ask me where does this kind of come from, yeah, my parents are very intentional uh, on it. And I'm very thankful to that. I also have just kind of an old soul personality. Like I was always the dad of my friend group. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, and so that's just kind of how I've, that's what I like. I love, I'm I'm a big brother. I'm the oldest of four. I love being the big brother. I'll, I've always loved being the big brother. And oh, so- Oh, that's really cute. Oh, I love it. I love my siblings. And in many ways, I was more of the dad than my dad. Even my dad's fantastic. I'm just saying we had that kind of relationship where my sister could do something and she's like, oh, mom's being so crazy, you know? Uh, and I look at everybody like, Sarah, like you're, 
you, no, you're actually out of line. She goes, ugh, okay. Like, you're the uh, voice of reason. Right, right. Like she wouldn't believe my dad, but if I said something, they'd be like, okay, I guess it's it's true. It's just like a sibling thing. And then how does this translate into the way that you are a leader and the culture at your firm? I try to make sure that at the very beginning, I set the values of my firm right up from the beginning. And so those values would always reflect me and, and my my personality, just the, the brand, like the color, the text, all, all of that. I was super, super into that. I, I um, majored in marketing. So you did? I, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So I, I'm a big guy on font and brand. Like I'll buy stuff just because I think that somebody's like brand and marketing is cool. But yeah, so in terms of those core values, so feed a sheep, which is a, it's a Christian based value of just, you, you just take care of people for the right reasons. Um, no matter where they are and walk of life, you're going to meet them where you are, um, where they are and, and, and be there. So that means no matter what, it doesn't matter if it makes us money or not. Or are we taking care of people first and foremost? And then, because when you do that, everything else will take care of itself. I, I have a wonderful group of attorneys around me. So I am the type that I want to surround myself with people who are better than me. And I think for the most part, I, I have the, the firm is, is doing fantastic for, for the fact that it's only been like a year and a half. Yeah, you said you have 11 attorneys? Mm -hmm. How many staff? 12, I think now. 12 plus 11 attorneys? Yeah. Wow, congrats. That's a really, how have you handled that level of growth? I just hang on. Yeah. Did no, you implement like a ton of processes and like go yeah, through so we all have, that? Yeah, so we have really good systems in place. Uh, and I think the benefit is I grew that from the very day we started. Where do you guys practice? So in Southeast Texas. So, But is it just Texas or uh -huh. are you just, anywhere Yeah, else? just Texas. Just Texas. I just started. Just started. I know. I'm just curious, but I'm, I assume you're generating cases from all over because of social. Yes, that's correct. And how are you handling that? Uh, hanging on, <laughs> like right, and you're else. just like referring them out. I would, assume? yeah. So ones that ones that um are not prelit, are not suitable for prelit. I do for um refer those out. Otherwise, I just handle them in house. I have about six million followers, and that's crazy. It's wild, right? And I get DMs constantly, constantly, and I know generally about how many followers I gain, like per minute. That's crazy. How many? Yeah. Typically in a given minute, it's about 1,200. What? Followers. And how many are you losing? Uh, on a, in a day, I might lose about 1,000 followers a day, but I'm gaining, I'm gaining 10 to 12. That's nuts. So yeah, it's weird. But, so, but, that's, but it, it also depends on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. What, um, was there a video that put you on the map? No, there was about four of them. Like and it what, was, what were they? I don't remember. It was back in February of this year. So I didn't even have 300 followers, 300,000 followers until like, let's say February. Then I had like four videos that I had posted two weeks prior just started to go nuts. And they all started feeding off each other, each getting five, six million views. And then it was just, then it was just all floodgates. How did that, that. feel? Overwhelming. I had my first panic attack. Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. The night that my followers, I was gaining over 100,000 followers a day. And so within a week, I had gained a million. And I, that's crazy. Yeah, Congrats. it was weird. Well, Good thank you. you. But it was, it was, oh, yeah, thank you. It's a huge, huge blessing. But I didn't know what to do with it. 
I was like, I just, I'm just a guy talking in my car. What, why? I didn't expect all of this. It's not why I got into it. I think people are really hungry for this information. Yeah. I know it, I am. Yeah. Well, thank you. It turns out that there are, which is wonderful because it, it feels good to have something that you, you generally like to talk about and that you can genuinely share from a good place and, and for the right reasons. And I never in a million years thought my social media would do this. It's not like, I'm not one of these, I think you can tell. I'm not one of these legal bros that's like, man, I'm going to put out this video and you know, come sign up with me and get these leads. That To me, that's not, you're not building social for the right reason in my, in my mind. There's a reason why it's called sh- social media, not like cell media. And so I find that that message resonates with people. But at the beginning, it was very over, overwhelming. So I, I remember the night that my account hit a million, I was like, this is just nuts. And then I started getting a bunch of celebrities. And then- Wow, that's then, really cool. That was wild. The, that must have been that, what like really- Yeah, that night The Rock followed me. And I was like, no, that can't be right. Sure enough, it was right. And he at the time, he, he was only following like 300 people and he had 365 million followers. And so once that happened, then it took off even- more and so you have these different celebrities that start following our message and say hey i love your stuff or they start sharing my stuff uh then you just go like i don't know what world this is last last week it was jennifer gardner followed loves and sent all shared some of my stuff week before that um it was uh the uh, one from Kristen bell it's very weird to watch movies or see stuff and go hey that person commented on my thing yesterday it's just was it's weird i'm telling you the video that that's like the video i always remember you by because it's something i think about a lot yeah because how many times has someone said to me i'm sorry you feel that way yeah and it's like you don't know what to say yeah you don't know what to say and i've actually used it my husband and i have used it on each other even though he sent me the video yeah well it it, it fixes it pretty quick yeah and i'm like you know know, no and i even teach it to my kids I mean, I, I use the same advice in my own life. I mean, I, I, I'm nowhere near the perfect husband, perfect communicator, but I, I, I use the same stuff. But I think it's just a gift that I'm able to come up with. I get questions all the time. What do you say to this? Or how would you handle this? And whatever I say, it seems to resonate with um, people, which is super, super cool. It's just very, I think also contrasting for people because- you don't expect an attorney to be talking about this kind of stuff. Right. But I think that's also some of the interest. Like we like contrasting words. Most books that sell really well are contrasting words. Interesting. I didn't know that. I, I think that is what fascinated me about it because when my husband sent me the video, I was like, this, he's a lawyer. Yeah. This is, and I'm in this space. So like, I know how lawyers communicate. Right, right. <laughs> so I was like, funny. this is interesting. It has been quite the ride. And I'm just thankful to people that follow me. That, I mean, that's that's all there is to it. I'm just extremely, extremely thankful. Well, uh, I think that's the key to life, though. Yeah, a lot of gratitude, a lot of humility. It's been it's been a lot of fun. It's very odd to say like I could take a picture of this Yeti. My stories get roughly about two hundred fifty thousand views, and that's just in a, in a story. And so you go, it makes you rule hesitant about what you post right it can get in your head 
Yeah, because so many people are going to see it and it almost feels like you're responsible now. I feel very much a responsibility to teach people, help people. I also have a very high duty of what am I, what am I choosing to share with them? Because I get every day, I'm getting multiple, multiple, like very kind, sweet stories of people that I help them in this situation with, I help them reconnect with their spouse, uh, uh, a grandchild they haven't spoken to in forever, or they use this tip in X, Y, and Z. And it's just like, that's, like, that's what I'm, that's, that's what we're here for. For, forget the law firm. That's great. And but, when you first started doing this, these videos, like, did you ever imagine that this would happen? Like, no, what was the point of no. the videos? What were you hoping yeah. to achieve? There wasn't a point other than this is what I like to talk about. So I'm going to talk about it. And if it helps people, great. But that was it. Are you writing a book? Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm so excited Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I... I am going to read it. Thank you. Thank You're you. Welcome. I hope you do. I was writing my own book. I was going to self-publish. And then I got hit up by different agencies and one of them is a big one. And they're like, no, 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 you, we need to, you need to just stop and think for a second. So I got with them and through a whole big auction bidding process, I, I have a, a major book, be- book deal with Penguin Random House. Mm-hmm. It's the same group that, that wrote, um, that published Atomic Habits. I love by that James book. Clare. So I have the I'm same- I'm rereading it right now. I have the same editor. That's, oh, dude, and that's so fucking amazing. It's Congrats. Very, yeah, thank you very much. So it's, That's crazy. Yeah, super humbling. Have you read uh, the book? Oh, Comic yeah, of Comics? course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, it's definitely. life-changing. It's wonderful. We'll publish that beginning, I think, right after election season. I feel like your videos are somewhat in the realm of, like, self-help. They're definitely in the realm of self-help, And yeah. I've been obsessed with self-help since I was 18. Like, before it was even cool. And my friends were, like, we'd go to Barnes & Noble and I'd go to the self, it was called self-help at that time, right? And they would be like, you're weird. Like, what? why are you buying this shit? Yeah, like, it was just not cool. Like, now it's totally cool, right? There's certain things in life that kind of become fads for a little bit. Yeah. The word narcissist didn't exist, you know, five years ago. You know what I mean? And now that's people that's are very quick to call somebody that without really knowing that it's a it's an actual diagnosis. Right, or even just being like, oh, well, they have narcissistic tendencies, right? Have you done videos on this? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Let's, let's talk about yeah this. Yeah, so the last video I did on how to talk to a narcissist, I think it's at like 13 million views. That was about so three weeks ago. So how do you ago. talk to a narcissist? There's a, a lot that goes into it, but when you talk to a narcissist, uh, you're kind of in, in two separate zones. You're in a, a praise zone or a provoke zone. So they, they delight in your frustration as much as they delight in your, fra- in your praise. So meaning... Somebody with narcissistic personality, they they want to hear that they're the best. They need to hear that. They have to hear that. You can't just say something good about say somebody because they'll put them down to make themselves sound better, whatever that is. They also provoke, meaning they will aggravate you so that you will come back on them because they they enjoy that control. So they have they'll control in the amount of praise that they're receiving. They will also control you in the amount of emotions that they they are pushing onto you but the what i say in my video is it's a just a, it's a rigged carnival game it looks like you can reason with this person it looks like you can tell them do you understand what you're even saying right now do you, I, how, do you see how what you did hurt me they're they're never going to come to your your side of the court you need to say things in, in in a way that pique their interest to flip the script to make them look better because they they'll do really anything to make their reputation look better but you don't want to be in a place where you're trying to 
fix them because that's that's not really that's not how that works. Wait, so I want to ask you for some advice. So I'm really good with setting boundaries. Like I've always been really, really good since I was very young. Good for you. Yes. However, that also translated into me feeling like I always have to like have that fight. Like I I, I don't know if that makes any sense, but like you said fight. What do you mean by or fight? like always like speak up, even when maybe I just don't really have to and I can just like not have that argument. Like I always feel like I have to set the boundary, even though there are times that I can just like look the other way and move on with my life and not have that argument. Perhaps you have a tendency to take things very personally. Maybe. Number one, how personally you take things is a reflection of how much grace you're giving other people. In other words, if you're always choosing that what they've done or what they said is for you, you're always picking it up. Like you're but what al- if it you're is always though? carrying. Well, it could be, but then then yeah, then then that boundary can be set up. But you don't you don't have to attend every argument you're invited to. That and that's my you know? problem. And I've gone a lot better well, at it. It's a, well, then that just means you have a very busy schedule of 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 going to arguments. You know, I mean, that's you don't you don't. When people say, "I just have to say something," no, you don't. You don't. You you really don't have to say anything. What you're saying is really for yourself rather than for the other person. So I I find that we have a tendency. I do too. Of you. You feel like what somebody has said is meant for you, even when oftentimes what they're saying is more of a sign of their vulnerability or their insecurity, and you're choosing to take it personally rather than being curious about why they're saying what they're saying. I find that just the question of how was your day or have you been having a good week, bad week? If, when I ask questions on context, it tells me a lot more than me engaging directly in the conversation itself. The person I see is not the person I'm generally talking to. Now, you and I are just talking right here, but you could have had a hectic morning. Let's say we're in Miami and you had a busy morning with the husband and the kids and you're flustered. And so you and I are talking to each other and something happens and you go off the handle. Now, I could choose to take that personally and start barking back at you. Or I could take that moment to pause and say, where's this coming from? And I think that's that allows you to have a lot more connection with the other person or relate to them and remind yourself that both of you uh, are humans. So you could either be like in baseball where you, you, you take a swing at every single pitch or you just let it go by. And what you'll find is when you don't swing at the bad pitches, your life's going to be a lot better. Just talking about like that concept of being authentic and it sounds so like cheesy and like overplayed to some extent but you can tell even i think subconsciously whether somebody's being genuine or not like are they being themselves or not well if you think too of some of the most followed accounts in social media they're not the prettiest people they're not the most well organized they're not the like prime example of a human they're just relatable they have their hair in a messy bun they don't have makeup it's a guy who's hasn't even combed his hair talking about kids pick up, like just, just, they're just being real. Because most of the time, when you're, when you're on social media, you're, you're probably using the bathroom. You know what I mean? Like you, you, you <laughs> I mean, you, you, you want people who look and feel and smell like you. I think it's tough because of people are so afraid of like the criticism. And I feel like if you're not being criticized, then you're doing something wrong. Like you're not being yourself because you're never gonna be for everybody, like ever. Like some people must watch your videos and it's just not for them. They're like, ugh, like the stupid shit. Like, and that's okay. That's 
that's their loss, in my opinion. That's, you know. Well, thank you. Yeah, I thankfully, I have not had, I, I really can count on maybe one hand, I've had a slightly rude comment. That's it? That's it. No one's trolling you? Nobody's ever trolled me. That's that's atypical. Ever, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's very, the one time somebody made a somewhat rude comment, my followers just dog the guy. What I mean, did he just say? Like, oh, it was something uh, about me being an attorney, uh, which I understand. Dumbest advice he'd ever heard or something like that. It, it was definitely like a troll comment, just a spark. Man, the followers just, it was like 50 comments in a second, just like, just trying to attack this dude. I just deleted it all. So besides the book, what's next for you? Uh, talk on podcasts. There's been talk on uh, docu-series uh, for Netflix. There's been talk oh my on. God. Yeah, there's been you talk just, on. like blown up. It's over weird, ne- yeah. Talk on like uh, talk show. There's been all kinds of secret stuff. But That's yeah, so it's cool. very, very bizarre. So, While you're running a law firm. While running a law firm and, and most importantly, being a dad. Well, I'm excited to follow your journey. Thanks. I'm glad that, glad to have you with me. And I appreciate you jumping on. You didn't even know me and you, you agreed to do this. Yeah. So I appreciate it. Well, Bob, Bob said you were good people. So I was like, oh. I'd like to think yeah, so. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I, work on I'm, it. Yeah, I'm just happy to, I'm just happy to be here. The weather is beautiful. Well, thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you to everything that Jefferson shared with us today. If you found this story valuable, please share it with someone you want to see succeed. Subscribe so you never miss an episode and leave a five-star review. It goes a long way to help others discover the show.